Carrie. And we are a Paranormal Chicks. Episode 66. And Carrie's still sick. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, she's still laid up, y'all. But she's still making it. We're still here. We're still recording. And, I mean, I'm good. Thank God. One of us <laughs> is. <laughs> Can you imagine? Oh, God, no. But you know what? What? Patreoners. Woo, 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 woo. That makes you feel better. I mean, more more people in the Creepinati family. I know. And like, oh my God, they get us. They like us. Oh my God. They get to hear the bonus episodes. They get some of them get the bloopers. Oh my God. I mean, they might cancel after they hear the bloopers, but it's my favorite part of the month. And me too. But I mean, y'all, they bad sometimes. <laughs> <laughs> and by bad, she means good. We have Megan G. from Idaho. Utaho. Jennifer D. from Oklahoma. Home on the range. O-K-L. I don't remember the rest of the words. The letters. You know, from the Oklahoma musical? Or they spell it O-K-L. No. Oklahoma. Mm-hmm. <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> Damn. We are so smart. It's not, You're not okay. <laughs> All right. I'll tell you who is okay. Samantha N. from Minnesota. Meanwhile, she had to look up to make sure she would write MN was Minnesota. Okay, true. There's I may not know how to spell Oklahoma well, but... Hey. Oak. Oak. L-A. Damn. <laughs> She's leaving out the part that I said, MN is Minnesota, right? And looked it up to double check. That's called fact checking. Research. As always, thank y'all so freaking much for being part of the Creepinati family and supporting us. We could not do this without y'all, and we appreciate it so freaking much. Yes, we are inching closer to our goal, and that is even more content. And that's what we want to provide. So, I mean, it's a Mm win-win. Oh, one thing I do want to say is that in case you've missed it, next month we will be at the True Crime Podcast Festival in Chicago, Illinois, July 13th. So, if you're in the area... Or you can come. Please, please, please come. There's going to be a lot of really great podcasters there. True Crime Obsessed is going to be there. Yes. The Haunted Heart's coming too. Yes. So there's going to be, I mean, it's going to be good. So Mm -hmm. y'all come see us if you can. I mean, she's going to be on her knee scooter, y'all. So y'all want to see this. Actually, don't stand real close to her because you never know. I told her I'm going to be her backup. Like if she's backing up, beep, beep, beep. Did I tell you that one day I went to work before I saw the doctor and he was like, no, no, surgery tomorrow. I was trying to get something in the (laughs) office, like in the kitchen in the office. (laughs) My buddy from work goes, Jesus Christ, this is like watching Austin Powers. (laughs) You remember when he does the back and up? When he's like stuck right there. It's like. "Eh, eh, eh, eh." (laughs) Damn. Oh, God. It was so funny and so true. Yes, it is. (laughs) <laughs> I mean, she's either someone who's on a bicycle without training wheels for the first time or an indie car racer. Yeah. <laughs> either way. No in between. No. I mean, she's got a messed up door frame to prove it. I fucking took the shit <laughs> off of that door frame. Alf. <laughs> I was saying out and off. <laughs> fucking cut that turn real sharp. Uh, yeah. I was and like, Carrie? <laughs> did you die? That was at the very beginning, too. Yeah. That was before I got real sick. (laughs) But. We digress. Yes. But please, y'all, if you were close, come on. Come on. Meet us. Hug us. Love us. (laughs) I mean, we want to meet y'all. Y'all are the best creepsters ever. 
Speaking of awesome creepsters, Brianna R. Uh, hope it's not Brianna. Uh, yes. If it is, <laughs> you too. Um, <laughs> Her too. Yes. She recommended a podcast to me. And it's like been around. I mean, it's like four seasons in. Okay. And I've heard about it. And I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll check it out. Oh, my fucking God. It's called My Dad Wrote a Porno. Look, I've got two episodes in and I'm saving it for when we're road tripping up to the podcast festival. So you have to listen to two episodes. Only two. But, like, I almost died, y'all. Like, my eyes, I was crying laughing when I laughed my eyes, like, crinkle up and I can't see. And I was like, oh, my God. Oh, oh. Like, I was like, thank God I'm I'm autopilot home Mm because it was, like, close the funniest thing I've ever listened to. Oh, my God. Okay. Y'all, if y'all haven't heard it, I mean, at least, if you don't want to listen to the whole thing, because, I mean, four seasons, it's a lot. But the first episode, the first one, oh, God, I think it took me two hours to get through it, because I would have to pause it, because I was laughing. So funny. So, thank you, Brianna, Brianna, Rihanna. Okay, ready to get on with the uh, thing? They've heard us talk long enough. Long enough. Just all the good stuff so now we can get to the bad shit. But that's also so good. Oh, so good. Yeah. But I mean, like, she's a great human. He's terrible. Yeah. (laughs) But let's get into it. And I go first. So we're saving the best for last? Oh, you motherfucker. I mean, if people like leftover pizza. I do. I like it cold. In fact, revenge is best served cold. (laughs) Still as a motherfucker. Imagine that you are 13 and you're busy doing chores outside and then something massive falls from the sky. Fucking bonkers, right? Mm-hmm. And obviously a sign that you should not have to do chores. Well, that's exactly what happened to 13-year-old Kenneth Trenum on July 9th, 1964. He was helping his mother, May Edith, milk cows So he's standing outside the barn, and he heard, like, a whistling noise. Looked up, because, I mean, that's what you do. And he sees a plane coming down directly overhead. One second later, it seemed to hit the first tree, like the tree line, and explode. What? And then, like, little fires were all over the hillside. Just mass chaos. The airplane was United Airlines Flight 823. It was scheduled to fly from Philadelphia to Huntsville, Alabama. Obviously, we know it never made it there. At approximately 6.15 p.m., it crashed in Cock County, Tennessee. And that is the main reason that I chose this. Damn. I mean, hello, because I love the cock. But it has an E on it, so it's not nasty. Is that really how it's pronounced? Yeah. The plane was carrying 35 passengers and four crew members. And I'm just going to say it right now. There were children on the flight. Oh, God. Yeah. Most of the passengers were businessmen and women. And at least four of them were doctors heading to a conference. And at least two children. But I've heard three. Like, someone said definitely three. But I couldn't find the third person's age. But I found two ages, and one was six and one was four. Oh, God. Yeah. Even though this takes place in Cock County, 
The town is Newport. <laughs> but I'm going to keep saying Cock County. Of course you are. All right. So the plane was super close. It came within, like, striking distance of the roof of the barn. Oh, shit. Yeah. All we really know is that the plane took off without any problems at all. Smooth sailing until it wasn't. I mean, duh. Yeah. But at 6.02 p.m., the plane was flying at 11,000 feet. And then suddenly, without any explanation, the pilots went off the instrument flight plan. And then not long after that, it vanished off the radar completely. The last radio transmission of the pilots verified that everything was in order with no problems. And then... Like, for the next 10 minutes, the plane was completely gone. What the hell? Yeah. So, when it reappeared, it was nosediving into their... Backyard. Yeah. Shit. Like, whoa. It's literally across the street from them. Like, where it ended up exploding. Mm -hmm. Literally across the street. What's in the reports is that there is a fire of unknown origin... But it happened in the passenger cabin. Again, no indication of any trouble at any point in the plane's flight, which is why it's still a mystery and unsolved today. Do they have, like, the little black box on them back then? I'll get to it. Okay. Hold your horses. Well, I didn't know if, they ha- if that was, like, a thing back yeah. then, you know? Yeah. Like, literally. Here you go. <laughs> the flight recorder. <laughs> <laughs> It was damaged to the extent that it was no longer usable. They're, Mm -hmm. like, indestructible. Yeah. Well, this accident triggered an investigation into that certain type. I didn't write it down because what the fuck ever. (laughs) Um, But of that flight recorder, and it was modified. And so now they're indestructible. Yeah. (laughs) One passenger abandoned the airplane through an escape window before it crashed down. But they did not survive the free fall. Can you imagine you, like, go through this traumatic fucking event of your plane is crashing. Yes. And you MacGyver your ass out that fucking (laughs) plane. And then you fucking die. Right. The wreckage, except for that number nine emergency window that the poor soul used, and some small pieces from the interior cabin, it was all contained in an area 300 feet long and 200 feet wide. It was... You know, fragmented. I mean, it exploded. Yeah. Ground fires burned several hours afterwards. But all of the major components were accounted for at the accident scene. So there's no evidence of any pre-impact structural damage. Damn. So, okay. Some useless knowledge, but I think it paints a better picture. And so here we go. So the Trenum's home It's a small little road Mm -hmm. across. It's like, bam, right there. It's not like, oh, they're on 20 acres and they're in the middle. Yeah. No, right there. There were 23 ambulances parked along the road and in their yard. May Edith, the mom, was like, look, use our house as the headquarters. It's right here. Yeah. Like, do what you got to do. The next day, the FBI, United Airlines, like, All of these people, British Aircraft Corporation, all of them come in to do their their work, you know, like, to figure out what went wrong, blah, 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 blah. And they also use her house as a headquarters. So, since it's 
rural, rural, <laughs> and it's 1964, not everyone had phones. Well, luckily, they had a phone, but it was an eight-party line. Shit. Eight? Yes, eight. What kind of pillow talk is <laughs> Y'all know that movie, Pillow Talk? Yeah. With, with, I'm just telling them oh, in case they oh. don't know. With Doris Day. <laughs> R.I.P. Oh, I know. That was such a good movie. That's one of my favorite old movies. <laughs> well, the next day, there were two private lines running into their home, and United Airlines was picking up the tab. Shit. Uh-huh. But can we keep it when y'all leave? Thanks. <laughs> right? <laughs> can you pay two years on that? I'm just wondering. <laughs> well... They were, like, everyone who's using her house as a headquarters, they're, like, astonished because they're helping them as much as they can. Like, they're bringing them water and, you know, just, like. up their coffee. Yeah, doing what they can do. She's cooking, and you know it's good cooking. Mm -hmm. Oh, God, you know it's good cooking. And someone probably said, you gonna eat your cornbread? (laughs) You know, that was, like, she probably had some real homemade biscuits and gravy in the morning. With some eggs. And bacon. Mm. I, who needs sex when I can just have breakfast <laughs> for dinner? Like, that is the best. <laughs> I mean, but if, you know, sex is still on the table. After. After. After, after y'all ate. <laughs> I'm real bloated, but climb on me. <laughs> That's not a fear fart. <laughs> <laughs> I might squirt something else out. <laughs> Gravy. <laughs> It's all gravy, baby. <laughs> oh, oh, God. Good. This is why we're single, because we're nasty as fuck. <laughs> <laughs> they were also surprised because she did not have an indoors bathroom. An indoors? Yes. I guess. Okay. The Walmarts. What else? <laughs> we're also going to be in Chicago next month. <laughs> hey, that's how my mom said it. Chicken in a car, in a car I go. That's how you spell it. Chicago. Chicago. <laughs> Oh, God. She didn't win any spelling bees. Yeah. So, not doors. Indoor bathroom. That's crazy. In the 60s? Yeah. Well, because, again, they're so, yes, sparse (laughs) with animals around. (laughs) Rural. Yes. The R word, and I'm not talking about the bug. So, another thing. These people were shooketh that Kenneth, the kid, he had to do all the chores still, like, even while helping them, it's like, oh, here's some fresh water, but sorry, got to go collect the eggs. Sorry, got to go do this. Well, you yeah, know? the farm didn't just stop because people are there. Exactly. I, this is what I wrote. I said, look, y'all are just paying the phone bill. They mm-hmm. still have to live. So pick your jaws up off the floor before you get some carnage in it. <laughs> so there's a quote from the Knoxville News Sentinel on July 10th, 1964. So day after. And this is what the quote was. It was an eerie, hellish scene at the site of the crash. The smell of kerosene and burned flesh, the thick smoke, the smoldering wreckage, and the odd stillness of the night made the sight and the situation seem unreal. A rescue worker said bodies were spread over an acre or more. Strips of flesh hung from trees. It was horrible. Oh, my God. Yeah. Trigger warning. Now? Uh, Yes. In a book called Tennessee Tragedies by Alan R. Coggins, it stated that one of the rescue workers found a body of a woman. She was laying face down on the ground, and when he turned her over to pick her up, 
to move her body, he saw that she was clutching a child in <gasps> her arms. Why you gotta tell me that detail? I know. It's so sad. And it reminds me of the scene from Titanic when mm-hmm. the mom is reading to her kids the bedtime story. Mm-hmm. And they're on the lower deck, so she knows they're not going to be saved. They're going to be the last ones that can get a boat, and they're, you know, mm-hmm. never going to get called up. And she's just, you know, helping them fall asleep. Oh, God. it! I cry every time. Yes. All right. Here's where you get your tinfoil hat out. Da-da-dum. All right. Those four doctors that I talked about earlier, they specialized in blood diseases and platelets. And the conference they were going to attend was at Oak Ridge National Laboratories in Oak Ridge, Tennessee. They were all carrying certain documents that dealt with atomic energy operations. And those documents were mysteriously confiscated from the crash site by the FBI, and the information in them was never disclosed to the public. Wait, so they're hematologists, Mm -hmm. and they have stuff about what? Atomic energy operations. Hold on. That sounds like some bomb shit. Hold on. I swear to God, does anyone want to be my podcast partner? Because this bitch ruins everything. (laughs) She knows everything. Fucking psychic. Fucking Teresa Caputo over here. <laughs> well, folks, if you haven't heard of Oak Ridge, Tennessee, <laughs> don't worry, because the government kind of wanted it that way. Besides Carrie, that motherfucker has heard of it. She's been there. She's the mayor of it. Because she's the bomb that fucking come. <laughs> what just happened? Oh, my God. (laughs) Oh, God. Okay. All right. 22 years before the crash, September 1942, Columbus sailed the ocean blue. No, I'm just joking. (laughs) Thanks. I really thought you were serious. (laughs) Pulled your leg. (laughs) Are you smarter than a fifth grader? I'm not. There was a colonel who was overseeing the Manhattan Project And he selected this piece of land. And then the federal government quietly took over those 60,000 acres. And they referred to the place as Site X or Clinton Engineering Works. But what Oak Ridge was, was a city that was a huge fucking secret. And it's like 10,000 people came there during World War II And all of, most, not all of them, but most of them had no idea that they were helping to build the world's first atomic bomb. What? Mm Mm-hmm. This was a site that they would figure out how to enrich uranium for the bomb. And they said that the people who knew were, I mean, like, high up and, like, four of them. You know what I mean? Mm Mm-hmm. But even if, like, you got an inkling, like, hmm, something is, like, going to be real serious, you know? They had signs, like, billboards all around basically saying, don't tell. Like, signs. I'll put them in our podcast notes because it's crazy. Like, what'd they say? I mean, like, don't tell. 
So how would they not get any idea that what they're doing is like some top secret like Well they yeah, it's top secret. They get that, but they don't know that they're building a bomb. Okay. Okay, okay, okay. So they know they're like working for the government and it's top secret. Yeah. Okay, 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 okay. But like they're all so segregated. So this person is pulling this mineral from the soil. Mm-hmm. This person is doing, you know, like Yeah, yeah, yeah. And it's a fucking atomic bomb that they've never never seen. made. Yeah. yeah. Okay, so it says, loose talk helps our enemies, so let's keep our trap shut. Oh, okay, okay, okay. Well, and it makes more sense, like, now that I know, like, they knew they were working for, you know, like, like was it like the Truman Show where they didn't have any idea what they were doing, or, like, him, yeah. you know, or was it, I don't know what the fuck I'm trying to say. Yeah. Now, now that I know that they knew they were doing something top secret, it makes more sense. Yeah. Another one says, hold your tongue, the job's not done, silence still means security. Like, it's just crazy to think about, like, you are living in this place, mm-hmm. and there's so, oh, oh, girl, you know I would have diarrhea for days. No way you could do that. No. Job. Well, one, I gained, like, 14 pounds trying to keep your birthday thing a secret. <laughs> I was like, can't tell her, let me eat this muffin right now. It wasn't until the atomic bomb dropped in 1945 that the employees realized that they had been building the most powerful weapon the world had ever fucking seen. The Oak Ridge Journal's banner headline that day, according to the New Republic, (laughs) it said, Oak Ridge attacks Japan. Because, I mean, they built it there. And so, like, I guess they're like, ooh, we're proud of this. So, to this day, Oak Ridge retains its nickname as the Secret City, and it still processes enriched uranium at that national security complex. Damn. So, the tinfoil hat is that they think the plane was brought down because there was a bomb on the plane or that these scientists or doctors knew too much and so they were stopping them who have not like our government like someone else okay but who were those doctors that like why would they have had that information we'll get into that a little bit later all right so we're over with the conspiracy theory for now Newport is a super small town. Like I said, it's rural. Yes. And this was an unexpected, huge, tragic event. They didn't have anywhere to store the body parts of the 39 victims. Yeah. So they were housed in a makeshift morgue, a.k.a. the Cock County Memorial Building. That opened in 1931, and it was... Like American Legion post. So for traveling soldiers, mm-hmm. you know, that kind of thing. But like this building that they were in now, that was constructed to memorialize the locals who had lost their life in the First World War. The building includes a gym with a stage, office and meeting space. And like, so it's big enough for the community all to be there. So it's like a gym, mm-hmm. you know. So, I mean, it's big enough. Like a gymnasium, not like yeah. a, like, pump up the iron. <laughs> yeah, like, no one's working for the weekend. Since most of the bodies were in pieces, remains were spread out on the gym floor to aid in the identification. The man who fell from the plane was the only totally intact body. Shit. That's crazy. And it's summer. Like, July. Ooh. So hot, so humid, and they had no AC. And it's in Tennessee, too. Mm -hmm. Shit. Yeah. 
I read somewhere that they did bring in a like an AC unit, but I couldn't find that anywhere else. So I'm surprised that they eat like they need to make it like like a cooler. Mm-hmm. But they they couldn't. I mean, it was just like, hey, this happened, and we gotta yeah get these out of the weather. Yeah. And they were stored there for two weeks. Oh, you know that shit's done. Oh, stopped. God. Ugh. God, can Ew. you imagine? Ew. After that, the bodies and the rescue workers were gone. But it seems that some of the victims never left. Dun-dun-dun. Okay, spooky time. Most people who go in there, they feel a presence. They hear voices, as well as screams from a woman. And cries from babies. When they go in the building? Yeah. Everywhere in that building. Why babies, though, when the kids were like six and... they It probably is children, but they say babies, so I wanted to say babies. Okay. You know what I mean? I don't want to... Mm-hmm. A little fanfare. Mm-hmm. I mean, who knows? They always have feelings of being watched and are said to be, like, almost unbearable at times. In 2000, you know, when the world didn't end... A group of college students, they were doing a research paper on the building for their site class. They were doing this project, kind of like MTV Fear. Mm -hmm. So they would all have to go into a certain place by themselves at some point, you know, like stay 10 minutes. Why is it got to be by yourself? Well, because that's it. Like, No, I know. But if it was with somebody, I could do it. (laughs) Well, they had to return to the building three times because they were scared. And so it was like, nope, got to go. And then it's like, well, all right, you know, new day, Mm -hmm. new day who dis. The first night they got ran out by a woman in the attic and it was just like a shriek of a scream. Waited a couple of days, went back. It got to the third guy and his mission was to go to the gym. And he had been there for like three minutes tops. And he started screaming like, top of his lungs, like, Jennifer Love Hewitt in I Know What You Did Last Summer Scream. <laughs> and he said that a little boy appeared in front of him, sitting cross-legged on the floor. He said that the boy had shaggy bowl cut, kind of like, I mean, the style of the 60s. Mm-hmm. He said that when he looked at the boy, he could tell that the boy was kind of startled because it's like, oh, shit, he sees me. Yeah. He said that when the boy... Kind of internalized, like, okay, we're looking at each other. He started screaming, too. Shit. When they went back to review their work, they noticed that when the second guy had went into the basement for his, like, 10-minute time slot, they saw a shadow figure, like, fly by. And they paused it to be like, oh, shit, what was that? But when they paused it, it was, like, just right, and they saw a figure of a man standing right there damn so he's standing right there behind the second guy just staring at him uh-uh oh can you imagine like the second guy was like thinking okay like i didn't scream you know yeah. like i lasted the 10 minutes and then to be like holy fuck it was right there like right behind you and staring at me like, what do you do as the person watching the video? Like, oh my do you gosh. just be like, like, do you, or do you say, like, it's behind you? you know? <laughs> a guy named Anthony Justice, he wrote in Supernatural magazine. I mean, great SEO for that right there. Mm-hmm. 
he said that the memorial building continued to operate and it was mostly a meeting place for surviving American Legion members. And so this was in 2008. They reached out and wanted them to come and investigate and just kind of see because the people were like, weird shit's going on. And they're probably like, I mean, are we imagining it or yeah, is it really weird? His group was told that it seemed like the haunting was really like strange sounds, moving objects, and the uncomfortable presence. So they set up that night, with permission of course, locked the building down. Only one door to the building was unlocked to the outside, and that's the one that they came in. Mm-hmm. Well, I mean, safety first. Yeah. So, of course, I mean, they do what we've seen on all things. They have a command center. They set that up. Then they go and mark X's and set up cams where they have experienced the most activity the members have. And that was the attic storage area, the basement, and the sub-basement, and the gym. In the basement and the sub-basement, they picked up EVPs of a child and a woman screaming and crying. And then the woman was kind of wailing, but like for a child. You know, like it was kind of like that longing. Yeah. So this guy, Anthony, he went to the sub-basement. He said the steps leading down to the area were rickety, which, oh God, that's that's my fear. Because I'll be like, does this have a weight limit? First of all, I love that word, rickety. <laughs> so fun to say. It paints a picture. Mm, it does. I think of like wooden roller coasters, though. Oh, see, I think of bridges. Oh, yeah, I can see that. And he said the floor of the old boiler room was covered in water. No electric lights. And he said that in that room, he experienced something that he cannot really describe other than to say it was a presence like an intelligence without a form this is like a quote from him i saw nothing heard little but i felt it a deep resonant cold that chilled me to the bone i felt threatened and oppressed and i left the area i felt its heavy presence behind me following up those rickety stairs so close I could feel it on my neck. It was death. It was sadness. It was hate. It was a predatory thing that lurked in that darkness. Damn. Oh, gosh. Like, I can just feel it, like, right on him, like, nipping at his heel. You know, Ugh. just like, if he stopped for a second, it would get him. You yeah. know? Yeah. He said he never went back down to that basement ever again. Upstairs in the gym... They had some, like, poltergeist kind of activity. You know, we love that. No, I don't. <laughs> so, they had a like, old bingo set. Because, you know, people like to play bingo. Mm-hmm. I mean, I would go. Well, throughout the night, old-fashioned wooden bingo balls. Like, not the plastic ones. Like, the wooden ones. Mm-hmm. You know, that would cost, like, a million dollars now. Yeah. They would throw themselves from the bleachers down to the floor, hitting and bouncing and then rolling. So they were like, all right, we're going to conduct an experiment and kind of see what is going to happen. So they recorded the numbers on each of the balls, and then they rolled them across the floor to the opposite wall. They would hear them rolling back across, you know, it was like tongue and groove hardwood. Mm -hmm. So they could hear them and 
they would come back to him like hours and hours just doing it. Like they were playing with them, you know? But the thing is that the balls that came back were not the recorded numbers ever. What? Yes. Like, what the fuck? That's so fucking creepy. It gets even more. So they collected all of these balls and they realized that the numbers that would correspond to the alphabet, they spelled out the words boy and girl. Mm-mm. Yeah. Mm-mm. Don't like that. Nope. Be like, oh, boy, bye. Yeah. So here's where I knew, like, the two passengers. He said that they compared the passenger manifest of the victim's bodies, and they discovered two names. N. Anderson, six years old, a little girl, and then R. Harper, who was four, who was a boy. When this happened, it's kind of like dominoes falling in, you know, like, Oh, shit. Oh, oh, fuck. Yeah. Because he remembered that he did see something before in that gym when he was doing, like, the tours to put the X's down and everything. And it was a little boy with a bowl haircut, Mm -hmm. old-fashioned clothes, standing off to one corner. He looked strange, kind of like a hologram, Mm -hmm. blue, flickering. And he said that when he approached him, just to be like, am I seeing this right? He vanished without a sound. Up and vanished like a... Fart in the wind. That's right. They did record sounds of children in that gym, both laughing and one was crying. They got another EVP in the gym and they were like in the front of the stage area. They had heard coins kind of rolling. It sounded like mason jars rolling. God, you know you're in the south wind. Mm -hmm. Well, one of the investigators claimed that something was touching the back of her neck. And so the lead investigator was like, okay, whatever is touching so-and-so's neck, if it's you, do something else. Well, right then, it was a sharp whistle and then a wham. Of course, they all fucking jumped, fear-farted, probably fear-shart. Id. It was double doors that led to the kitchen area that had been blasted open, and they were locked. Damn. They slammed so hard into the plaster walls that it took out a chunk of the wall and cracked the door. Holy shit. Yeah, and at that time, all of the team members were accounted for on that stage. So they left. You know, they had EVPs. They totally experienced everything that the Legion members were saying. But they really had no idea what to say. I mean, they're young. They're really just doing this for experience. Yeah. But they were able to say, it's not you, it's them. (laughs) And they haven't left. Well, Anthony said he was young, inexperienced, and looking back now with perspective after he's done this for years, he could see how he should have improved and like on some methods that they used. And he said that he was just like eager and chomping at the bit for, you know, any kind of proof And he said that he was just chasing an experience, not the truth behind the experience, because he was young. But he said he finally saw a pattern. UFO cases are usually tied to blood or the collection, taking of blood and flesh, such as animal mutilations, drained of blood, just like we talked about last time on the Skinwalker Ranch, how they were all drained of blood. Mm Mm-hmm. All of that. And then the connection to nuclear research at Oak Ridge 
and the plane itself vanishing from the radar for 10 minutes only to reappear and then crash. So he said it just kind of makes you think about like UFOs, about unexplained phenomena. You know, like it's not just, oh, it's ghost. It could be one certain kind of intelligence that permeates as like different things. So he's just saying like there is a pattern. Yeah. If you, but again, there could be a pattern any, anytime. But instead of it just being ghost, it could be a different intelligence. Because how he said, like, it was an intelligence without form. But it wasn't any residual haunting, anything like that. It was all responsive. Yeah. So, I don't know. Just kind of makes you think. Or, you know, your tinfoil hat's too tight. Circulation. Mm-hmm. All of that. I don't know. Who knows? Maybe someone does. Maybe. Yeah, the government. Maybe something knows. Dun-dun-dun. Yes. Did any of this sound familiar to you? Uh-uh. Oh, no? Well, it should have, because it was showcased on season two of Ghost Brothers. Oh. Pop that trunk! I don't remember it. Y'all, if y'all don't watch Ghost Bros, so good. You should, yeah. We always watch them at the watch parties on Sundays. If you don't do that, you should. It's fun. All right. So, of course, I had to rewatch it because, you know. So, I'm, just, I'm not going to say all of it because, seriously, it's so good. Y'all should really watch it. They're so fucking funny. Mm-hmm. Well, they were in the gym, and they were asking if anyone was here with them. Like, first question of the night kind of thing. And there was a loud thud in the hallway. So when they went to investigate, Dalen, who's the leader of the three guys, he saw something standing in the stairs. But it was just like a split second. You know, like when you enter a room, you kind of just like yeah. look and go. He was like, oh, fuck. Wait. Go back. And there was, you know, like nothing, nothing there. there. Well, later, Dalen asked for a sign if the spirits were with them. And he started feeling nauseated in the gym. Like, feeling very heavy, very oppressed. And it's like... He doesn't normally respond like that either, you know? Yeah. Like, he's not bedazzled boot. Right. Yes. So, they had a local paranormal investigator with them, and he had previously had experiences here. His name is John Edward, not the famous person. But he said that he was kind of like bedazzled boo because he was in the basement, and him and his friend were kind of just like back-to-back, but not like touching. Mm-hmm. They were just, you know, scoping it out or whatever. But they felt like someone kind of pushed them. And so they thought each other were fucking with each other, you know, or was, whatever it is. But it wasn't. Well, they turned around, but they got, like, aggressive to each other and, like, wanted to fight. It wasn't just, like, a plane, like, oh, you know, like, fuck you, man. You know, no. It was like, fuck you. Yeah. So, again, bedazzled boo, of course, getting aggressive. But that is, like, the basement is where they say all the negative energy is. Yeah. The local guy and Marcus, who's my boo, they were in the basement. And, again, just asking questions and whatnot. And Marcus is saying, like, oh, man, I wish I had brought. And when he's saying that, there's a child's voice. And it, the local guy said, it said, Marcus. But it really was a child's voice just, like, in the background. And it was in that. Bum, bum, you know, Aww. and so 
it really did sound like, and he was like, how does it know my name? <laughs> well, Dalen and Jawan were up in the attic, and they had Gangster Boo, and that's a bear, and it just talks, but it's when a spirit is close to it. Mm-hmm. And they do that to interact with kids, so it's not something scary. It's a bear. Yeah. But I love that they call it Gangster Boo. So they ask if a child's there, and it talks. And, it, of course, it talks, like, in a creepy, like, like, it's not a creepy thing if it was, like, your niece and or nephew playing with it in the daytime. But if yeah. it's, like, hey, talk if a spirit's next to you, and it's like, I love cookies. You know, yes. like, what the fuck? Yes. Yeah. They ask. If they were on the flight, it talked. Shit. They asked if it was a boy, nothing. They asked if it was a girl, it talked. Like, so, I mean, it like, they asked different questions, too. And yeah. so, it was not just doing it every time. Yeah, it was responding appropriately. Yeah. They heard lots of doors slamming, knocking on walls, and that really got Marcus. Like, no one really wanted to go through doors because they didn't know what was going to be on the other side. Yeah. All of them just felt heavy, and so they went to the basement again, and they caught a headless anomaly on the SLS cam, the one that shows, like, the little stick figures mm-hmm. that, like, dance, you know, the kind, it looks silly, but then it's also fucking scary yes. because of how they appear, but it was headless, and so they were like, oh, fuck, that makes sense because of how, like, none of them were intact. Like yeah, the bodies. You true. know what I mean? Yeah. And he was like, I've never seen a headless anomaly. Shit. And they saw, like, then two other ones came through by Jawan. They seem to be, like, really attracted to Jawan. I mean, hello. He's beautiful. He is beautiful. And his shirts always look so good on his arms. I'm telling y'all, watch it. Fucking funny. Fucking hot. But they had heads. Like, it was the normal stuff. So, it wasn't just, like, something. Like an error on the Yeah. Thing. Oh, and they went to the crash site. And they used the ovulus, which is, you know, that makes the words. Mm-hmm. So, to be like, beer, water, blah, you know. And it said disease. They said, what kind? Bled. And it was kind of like, damn, they were blood doctors. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, weird. And then it said, like, are you scared? How, like, blah, blah, blah. You know, kind of like, how did you die? You know, blah, mm-hmm. blah, blah. Like, what was the cause of the plane or something like that? It listed off a few, like, bam, bam, bam. And it said gun, puncture, sin, threat. So, I don't, like, it, but it's all bad. <laughs> you know what yeah. I mean? This is the one that, like, they were scared at. Yeah. I want to go there. Well, I don't. I just want to feel it. Nope, I don't. Oh, I do. I mean, I don't want to go down to the basement because, again, weight limit on the rickety. <laughs> like, my bones are rickety enough. Don't need to break them. Clearly, my body's rickety. <laughs> I mean, we both can't be on knee scooters because <laughs> Mario Kart, We that ends our friendship almost. So, <laughs> I can only imagine. But that is the Cock County Memorial Building. Damn. A little bit of conspiracy, a little bit of yumminess from the ghost bros, and some ghosts. There was not a lot of information on there about the ghost and everything. Like, it would just say, you know, the general stuff, like the sounds and whatever. But those were the two main stories I found. 
But those were, like, really compelling to me. Yeah. Well, the government took the plane down. Definitely. Damn. It's so scary just to think, like, you could be someone going, you know. To visit your grandma. Yeah, just whatever. And you're an innocent bystander because little do you know that someone is working on a top secret shit Mm -hmm. that can, I don't know, make, like, shit with, like, A-bombs and your blood and, like, have some weird shit going on. You know what I mean? Yeah. So it's like a human bomb. I don't fucking know. And I don't want to know government. Yeah. Leave us alone. I don't care. Y'all do what y'all want to do. I'm wondering, though, because I was like, I just don't understand if they're hematologists, like, how does it fit? Unless they were using them to see the effects on the people in the area. Mm, maybe. You know what I mean? Yeah. So they were like, okay, well, how does it affect your blood? Blah, blah, blah. You know, like, yeah. it causes cancer and all that stuff. Yeah. And it could be. And they could have already done it, and they're coming back with that. And it's like, maybe. we can't have that. You know, I mean, like. Yeah, why'd you leave with those documents? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. That's scary. But, like, can you imagine? Like, it's like, oh, my God, I got to go see my grandma. She's not doing good. And then your plane explodes randomly. And and then that's why they're all trapped there because they all have unfinished business. Gosh. And the kids just want to play fucking bingo. I mean, we just solved this. Right? Y'all are welcome. Bam. (laughs) Well, since it's Pride Month and you did such a good job on the bonus episode this month for Patreon, highlighting some of the struggles of the LGBTQ community, I wanted to continue along that route. So get ready to be pissed the fuck off. Oh, gosh. I found a bunch of really good articles on this, and then there was a 48 hours about it, too, that you can watch that I think is this, this really good. Okay, there's this kid named Blaze Bernstein. And he was this amazing kid that came from this beautiful, loving family. He was the oldest of three kids. And, I mean, they lived the American dream. You know, they lived out in California. And he was so smart and funny and witty. And, I mean, all the things that people describe about, about you know, like, oh, lit up a room, blah, blah, blah. You know, he was like... Just all of the things. He was just this amazing kid. Blaze was so talented that he got into the Orange County School of Arts, which, news to me, was it's apparently this really prestigious school where that you not only do you get this amazing like art education, but it's also a good academic school. So it just prepares you for college and blah, blah. Yeah. And so, like, you have to audition to be, you know, to be able to get in and that, you know, he was just incredibly talented in many different things. He was a chef, too. Like, he would Dang. like could cook things, you know. I mean, he may as well have been on, like, the that kid chef show. You know, like, you know how when you're like, how the fuck do they know? I don't even know what that is, how much less yeah. how to cook it. I mean, I can barely boil water. That's one thing I can do. Blaze was very liked at school, very popular. Well, yeah, he can cook. That's very important. Mm-hmm. His family's Jewish. And they were really active in their synagogue and, you know, just within the Jewish community. And Blaze was gay. In the 48 hours, his best friend tells a story about how he, they were walking along the beach. And, you know, when he came out to her and she was like, okay, you know. Yeah. And his parents talk about that they actually went to him and were like, you know, we don't really know what your situation is, but 
we love you and Aww. love who you're going to love. Like you be you. Yeah. We're proud of you. We're, we, you know, we'll love you no matter what. Gosh. And so everybody was very supportive. And yeah. again, and, and the school that he went to, the Orange County School of Arts, was a school that was proud and thrived on diversity. So it had kids from all different walks of life that came to this school to learn and be creative and grow and, and all of that. But there was one kid that went to this school. His name was Sam Woodward. And Sam Woodward was not loving and open to diversity and that kind of thing. He liked to incite anger in people. Like, he would intentionally do things in the classroom to make the teacher and the students mad. And, like, when they, in one class, when they had to read Raising the Sun and like every student in the class got their own copy and when they turned it back in he had racial slurs like written throughout oh my it and God. and which I've never read the book nor do I know a lot about books but it's about <laughs> it's about a black family and the struggles that they go through and that yeah. kind of thing so it's really good hence the asshole writing mm-hmm. racial slurs in there like there was things about like he would for one thing he had to draw something And he drew, like, a Confederate flag. You know, just fucking shit like that. So, but Sam never graduated. He left from the art school, like, I think his 10th grade year, and went off, did his own thing, whatever. Well, Blaze continued to go to school and thrive and graduated from high school. And he actually got into the University of Pennsylvania, into their Vallejo's molecular science program which is well that sounds important yeah and i mean it's an ivy league school like this is a big deal he did take a semester off just because he had some personal issues going on but i never saw what those were but he started going to school you know after taking that semester off and was really thriving so that was the fall of 2017 that he went back to the university and was you know, going to school, living his best life. Like, one of the people interviewed said, like, they remember the first time they met him at school, at like, at, at college. He had on, like, overalls, and he just was so, <laughs> like, like, they were like, I remember his outfit. Like, he just yeah. was so who he was, you know, yeah. and expressed himself in all these different ways. Like, when I see pictures and video of him, he almost reminds me of my nephew Dawson, just because he's, like, thin and... Not super tall, but, like, just this precious boy, you know, Aww. with, like, you can tell a heart of gold yeah. that is so talented and so witty and creative and all these things. And it just reminds me so much of my nephew Dawson because that's who he is, you yes, know. Yes, he's got such a good heart. So, Blaze came home for winter break, he, you know, super excited to see his parents because, again, they had a really good relationship. It wasn't like a, you know, 19-year-old kid that's like, oh, my parents. Yeah. <laughs> like, they had a great relationship. And it was January 2nd, his mom said that he cooked this huge feast for the family. Like, this, he he made, like, a dairy-free macaroni and cheese. Like, he created the recipe. Dang. And then, like, used the leftover butternut squash from their big New Year's dinner to, like, make a soup. You know, he just was, like, yeah. this culinary genius, you know? Mm-hmm. So, they had their big feast, you know, again, January 2nd. And after they ate, his mom, Jeannie took Blaze's sister over to a sleepover and, you know, like just kind of a normal night. Blaze goes up to his room doing stuff on the computer, you know, just like a a regular night where everybody's kind of doing their own thing. Well, the next day, 
you know, the whole family's doing their own thing. This is January 3rd. And the mom had sent Blaze a couple of texts that she was like, oh, he has not responded. Okay, whatever. You know, and then it wasn't until his mom went to this appointment at her at the dentist that Blaze was supposed to meet her there for his appointment, too. Mm. And he didn't show up. And she was like, wait, she's messaging Jeannie is messaging her husband Gideon going like, have you heard from Blaze? Like, did he just sleep late? Like, what's going on? You know, she's like, I, you know, did he even come home? Or Gideon asked her like, well, did he come home? And she's like, I, I don't know. You know, he's a 19-year-old yeah. kid. Like, they're not keeping tabs on him. They leave for work or whatever. They just yeah. assume he's sleeping in, you know. And so she rushes home and, her, you know, Gideon leaves work and rushes home too. And they go in his room and they see that his wallet's there. His retainers are there. His glasses are there. Like, everything that he would need to be gone yeah, was there. And so they're like, something's fucking wrong. Yeah. And so they start, like, logging, trying to log on to his social media stuff on the computer or anything to see if they can find out where'd he go? What's what's going on? Why is he he's missing, but Why? So when they're like, of course, like like I said, freaking out, logging into his stuff, it's about 10 o'clock that night on the 3rd, and his sister gets into his Snapchat, and she sees that the last, like one of the last things he sent was his address to Sam Woodward. Mm. And they're like, who the fuck is Sam Woodward? Right. Because they're like, I've never heard that name in my life. Like, who the fuck is this? So the police get involved. And they ask Sam Wood, they go talk to Sam Woodward, and he says, yeah, you know, we hung out that night, I went and picked him up, we went to Borrego Park, and, you know, we were hanging out, and then Blaze walked down the trail and just never came back. But, Likely story. Yeah. But then he said one time that while they were hanging out that Blaze kissed him, and he didn't want him to and so like he got mad blaze apologized and then that's like when he walked away so he had a couple of different stories yeah but he says that's the last time he saw blaze for junior armchair detectives how do you find out what someone's last snap was i don't know because like now this the chat logs last like 24 hours oh but that's now. Like, that's, like, with a pretty recent update. This was 2017. Mm. So, I'm not sure. Yeah. It might have been one of those things where he took a screenshot. You know, yeah, who knows? Yeah, you never know. I know. Well, whatever she did, if she found that out, can she teach me, like, can you do a webinar on how to do Snapchat? Because I can't, Mm-mm. like, I cannot function on there half the time. Where I'm like, wait, what? Did I send that to someone? Like, and I'm just like, well, I don't know if I did or not. Like, eh. Well, and you send it and they reply and you're like, what the fuck are you replying yes. to? Yes. Oh, my God. Yes. Especially if it's been like 10 minutes. I'm like, I don't know what the fuck I sent you. Yes. Oh, my gosh. Okay. So, here's the tea of it. <laughs> okay. Sam was... It was rumored in high school that he was gay. Mm-hmm. Duh. I mean, yes. Like, it always is. When someone's an extremist like that, it's yep. because they're projecting and blah, blah, blah. Psych 101 bullshit. There was a kid. We never, I don't know his name. This was from one of the articles I read. I think the article called him Jared. So, we'll call him Jared. 
Did um, he work at Subway? No. No, we don't like him. He's a pedophile. Remember? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But not pedophile, Jared. Was in high school with Sam. And Sam was, you know, messaging him, like, out of the blue, like, asking him because he was fake Jared, was gay or is gay. He's alive. <laughs> Surprise. <laughs> Spoiler alert, Jared's alive. Sam was messaging Jared asking him questions about like how he came out and all this and like he was trying to figure out how to come out himself yeah but then it got really sexual too and fake jared was like it was weird i took screenshots of it all but i never talked to him again like it was super weird well god why are people like that i hate that everything's going good we're having a good conversation and then it's like Why'd you have to say that one thing that's going to lead into a sex thing? Mm -hmm. And, like, I mean, we're good, like, ten minutes from now. But, like, right now we're having a good conversation. Mm -hmm. But you ruined it, and now it's gone. Mm -hmm. Sorry. Well, one thing that Sam did, too, is he would create these different profiles online. Imagine that. Mm -hmm. Where he would initiate relationships with men just to like catfish them basically yeah. and and prank prank them you know yeah. and so you know try to get all this stuff out of them and be like haha yeah. i'm straight and you're use really inappropriate language to yes. them and, and then be like i can't believe you thought i'd like you kind of thing right because he's a terrible human being yes and it, he does not love himself yes and he does not love himself to identify as who he actually is. Yeah. And so instead he is polar opposite because Mm -hmm. he can't deal with who he is. Yeah. Well, so he has this history of being on, like I said, different social media, Tinder, Grindr, all these different apps. And then, like I said, catfishing them, trying to humiliate them, that kind of thing. Well, Blaze stumbled upon Sam's Tinder profile and was like, holy shit. Like, like the fuck? Like, skirt. <laughs> like, screenshot it, sent a picture. I mean, sent that to one of his friends and was like, holy fuck. Fake Jared was friends with Blaze in high school and showed him the messages. Mm. And, like, but nobody, I guess maybe fake Jared people didn't really believe him a lot. Yeah. So, well, I mean, he's fake Jared. <laughs> yeah. So, in. And now time when he's, like, seeing his Tinder profile and he sent it to his friend, he's like, holy shit, fake Jared wasn't lying that yeah. whole time. Like, he really is gay. Well, his Tinder profile talked about how he liked having sex with black women and men. Which is probably the truth. Oh, absolutely the truth. hmm Yeah. So he's, yes, absolutely. Because that's who he's targeting. You know, like, mm-hmm. with the book and now with all the social media stuff. Exactly. Exactly. And again, he can't reconcile it mm-hmm. in his brain. And so, blah. Psych shit. Yeah. Just know that there's always some truth. Oh, 100%. Always some truth. Absolutely. People who like really bash on fat people probably have a fetish. You oh, know? for sure. People who bash are really terrible against LGBTQ, probably because they themselves identify with that you know and they can't again they cannot process it yeah so that's how sam and blaze crossed paths again you know flashing into 2000 well it had been 17 18 at this point 
Uh, imagine that you don't know. Well, but but I, I think no. it like went a lot, went a couple of days. Like it wasn't like was it three days or four days? I hate you. <laughs> so, like I said, they had texted a few times. That you know they had been messaging back and forth, and on the night of the second, he sent him his address because they were supposed to meet up. So they had been messaging, you know, that whole time. So it wasn't completely out of the blue, but out of the blue. And Blaze had sent his friend a text at 11.36 and basically said something like, you will never believe what's going on. You know, like, because he's in the car with Sam. They're at, like, this Hobby Lobby parking lot for a little bit. And then, which is fucking hilarious that they are going to Hobby Lobby to hook up. Yes. Like, that's fucking brilliant. Uh, Yeah, they go into Hobby Lobby to slob on a Nobby Nobby. And Hobby Lobby is so fucking conservative. Yes. Oh, That's what I mean. Yeah. Yeah. Because you know how, like, whatever. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Because they closed on Sunday. Every time I get a freaking creative bug up my ass, Mm -hmm. I'm like, damn it. I don't even go there anymore. Me either. Michael's has better coupons. <laughs> that and Joanne's. Mm-hmm. So one of the last things communication-wise that we we know of Blaze is that 1136 text message to his friend saying, like, holy shit, basically, you won't believe what's happening. Okay, so now we're going to jump, you know, the family. We know that was the last text. His parents can't find him. Police are involved now. And they've interviewed Sam Woodward, and they know that they were the last time that Sam says that he saw Blaze was at Borrego Park. Police searched Borrego Park multiple times, but they were like, we're going to go look one more time. And it had just come like a cold front that brought some rain. And because of that, they found Blaze's body that had been buried under some dirt. And so because of the rain had washed a little bit of away, they were able to see like, oh, what's this dirt heap right here? Yeah. And they were able to find him. Oh my gosh. Thank God for that. And it's like they had searched the area so many times. Yeah. I mean, I think it was like five or seven times or something like that. Yeah. And they finally went back and found his body. Blaze had been stabbed 19 times in the neck, 14 times on, like, the left side and five times on the right. Holy. Oh, no. Like, 19 times. That's how old he is. Mm-hmm. Like, what the hell? Yeah. He had some injuries to his face, and then he had also been stabbed on his knee. Oh, no. No. I don't even like when people say, how does a horse eat an apple? <laughs> Oh my god, that was great. That it gets me. Ooh. ooh. (laughs) Can you sit still when they do that? No. Yeah, it's bad. Imagine getting stabbed. No thanks. So the police go and interview Sam, and they notice that he had like a lot of dirt under his fingernails and all of that. Sam had some scratches on his arm, but he told the cops it was from a fight club he was in. (laughs) But I'm pretty sure the first rule of fight club is don't fucking talk about fight clubs, Sam. Oh, my God. That's why he got beat up, (laughs) because you don't follow the fucking rules, Sam. God. Uh, It's it's from a fight club. (laughs) I did not get paid for it, though, and it's not illegal. Okay, take me to this fight club, then. Mm -hmm. 
Like, why do something that you can't back up? I know. The police ended up getting a search warrant for Sam's car and all of that. And they, in his house, they found some blood spatter in his car that was tested and it was Blaze's blood. Oh, he's in a fight club with me. And then they found the knife inside Sam's house that had Blaze's blood on it, too. So, he's not doing a very good job of hiding his shit. <laughs> it was a knife fight club. Some people have fencing. We have knife fights. So, the police start doing more digging into Sam. And they find that he has quite the online presence in a neo-Nazi group called Adam Waffen. What's he Waffen? Adams. <laughs> so, this neo-Nazi group is pretty new. Like, and so Sam found it because he was going on this website called iFunny. And <laughs> what? Yeah. And so it was this place where people could post like memes and funny shit and blah, blah, blah. It was, but he found this guy on iFunny that was getting this huge following posting neo-Nazi white supremacist bullshit. And so he started following that guy, and through that guy, he met somebody else who mm. introduced him to Adam Waffen via Twitter. Oh, fuck. Like, isn't that crazy? And it's like, there was stuff... Wait, there really is a guy named no, Adam Waffen? No, that's the... Oh, okay. It's like A-T-O-M-W-A-F-F-E-N. Oh. It's all one word. Adam oh. Waffen. Oh. All right, I'm going to show you a, real, a picture real quick of, like, the masks and stuff that that Adam Waffen wore. Oh, fuck. Yeah, they would wear, like, skull masks and stuff. And so they found pictures of Sam with that Adam Waffen mask on, like, with other people and, like, doing the Hell Hitler salute. Yeah. This is crazy. Mm -hmm. It's 2018. Yeah. And so what the police were able to do then, though, because they found all of this, they were able to charge him with a hate crime. Yes. Because they decided to make it a hate crime based on Blaze's sexuality, but they could have because he was Jewish, too. Yeah. And this group was, I mean, anti-Semitism everywhere. Yeah. Like, and you know one of the things that breaks my heart the most? Like, it, okay, Blaze's grandmother survived the Holocaust. Oh, my gosh. And her grandson was fucking killed by a goddamn neo-Nazi fucking psychopath like who what? was probably or is probably really gay or at the very least bisexual and couldn't process it and so took it out on people who are gay by trying to catfish them and trying to do these mean things to them mm -hmm. and then probably was really interested in blaze or at the very least was trying to catfish him yeah and then blaze thought they were meeting to hook up so he didn't take any of his stuff with him because it was going to be, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. he was going to hook up and go back home. So all he took was his phone with him. And when shit went down, he fucking killed him. God. And, you know, one thing I saw, this pissed me the fuck off. One of the articles I read at the bottom, it was had some comments from readers. And one of them said that basically Sam should get off because Blaze kissed him. Oh, my God. And so, really, he was sexually assaulted. And so, he was just defending himself. Um, no, the fuck he wasn't. No. He 
portrayed himself as a gay man on mm-hmm. his profile saying that he liked men and black women and he had sexual messages with multiple men that they could find but they you know all the messages with blaze like no absolutely not it's right. not like two buddies just met up and that that is like he did not force himself on absolutely not and let's just say that none of that other shit existed before well he fucking kissed him and what i mean what was blaze gonna do poke him with a cell phone like there was he wasn't he wasn't in danger right of his life right which would be the only reason for him to retaliate in that manner yeah you know like he had the power he was in the car he had you know yeah he had the knife for fuck's sake you know yeah well, so like I said, Sam was arrested, and they upped it to a hate crime, and he is currently in jail awaiting trial to really? start this year. Yeah, they just recently had his pre-trial hearing, and I think they set the trial to start in August, and he's pleading not guilty. Obviously, oh, he's going God. to trial. But, so yeah, that is the story wow. of Sam Woodward he was 21 or you know at the time was 21 when he killed 19 year old blaze bernstein wow who was i mean a kid that you want to be your kid you know like he was passionate and loving and funny and creative and just a great kid yeah loved his parents they had a good relationship you know he was in this at this ivy league school like there's and of course too because he's so young and this is so recent like there's a lot and and he did so much you know he went to that art school and all that so there's a lot of like videos and Gosh, stuff of him yeah. you know like he did you know people like make those acapella songs but it's just them and yeah. they'll have themselves in like all the six squares squ- yes yeah. they look like Brady Bunch but it's them mm-hmm. doing acapella. like he had videos like that and like had videos of like him cooking and stuff and he was the Gosh. editor of his. Of, like, their culinary journal at university. Like, it was called Pin Appetit. Like, Bon Appetit. And, like, so he was, like, the editor of that. And, like, there's a cute picture of him, like, posing. You know, he just, it was just, you know, his mom said that the night before he was born, she was like, I had a dream that his name was Blaze. And she said, you know, the next day when she had him, she was like, I just looked at this baby and I just knew that he was going to change the world. And she said, I guess he did in his own way. And so they've started a scholarship and stuff for kids who are, like, in foster care and all that that need help. And they started a movement, hashtag Blaze It Forward. Aww. Um, Just because, again, he was such a good kid and, you know, pay it forward kind of thing. Yeah. And so, you know, the, the parents are making the best out of it that they can and, you know. Yeah. I mean, really, the only way you can battle hate is with love. Mm-hmm. And that's so hard. Yeah. And I mean, like, with this story, there was so much, too, like, about Sam. But I was like, I want to highlight Blaze. Yeah. And, you know, how great he was. And, yeah. So, I told you mine was sad. (laughs) Yes. Oh, my gosh. What sucks is, like, it was just a normal day. So, I don't know. You know what I mean? Like, being the mom and, well, the parents... Just being like, I can't get a hold of him. Okay, well, yeah, whatever. And then it's like, no, I can't get a hold of him. Yeah. yeah. And then like, wait, what was he doing? What? Yeah. Wait, what's he going didn't on? Show up for this yeah. dentist appointment. He never misses stuff like this because he's a 
a good, responsible kid. So he didn't miss stuff like that. And Gosh. And you know what, too? Like, here's the difference between me and Blaze. This is how, like, pure of heart he is. Saw Sam on there and was like, whoa. But met up with him probably thinking, you know what? Probably what you just said. He was an asshat in high school and shit because he was dealing with his own demons. Now he's older. He's out. Like, yeah, I'm going to meet up with him. We're going to hang out. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. whatever. Me, I would have been like, fuck you. I hate you. You know, like, Mm -hmm. because I hold a grudge. Like, you think the movie The Grudge? Mm -mm. (laughs) No, no. You haven't seen me. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I'd have been like. Fuck you. You were an asshole to me in high school. uh And to everybody else. Yeah. Ugh. So, but like, it just showcases his, like, pure heart and Mm -hmm. just looking for the best in everyone. Whereas I see red X's. (laughs) You see a big fuck you. Yeah. I'm like, meh. I'll just sit here and eat chips and watch trash TV. (laughs) Okay. So what did we learn? That I really strongly, mm, no, I hate Sam. Mm-hmm. Fuck him. Mm-hmm. I hope his trial is televised because I'll need to take, like, blood pressure medicine <laughs> and have ice cream. Like, what is your even, like, what is your fucking defense? Like, not guilty. Like, how? Like, yeah. his, like, because of what? Yeah. Like, this. You had the knife. His blood is in your, I mean, his blood spatter is in your car. Like. Right. You had the murder weapon. Like, and I think, one thing said, like, DNA linked him to it. And so, I don't know if it was, like, the DNA on the blood. Mm-hmm. Or if, I never really saw, or maybe they did hook up. And there was some, I don't, I don't yeah. know. I, and I, that's, like, that last part's pure speculation on my part. But, but I did see one thing that said DNA. Again, probably yeah. just the blood. But. You know what? Again, speculation, but they probably did. And then once Sam had got what he wanted, mm-hmm. and the, like you know what, he probably had led on poor Blaze. Blaze was like, "Yes, like this is awesome," you know, whatever, and had a great time with him. And he might have said something like super nice, or like can't wait to do this again. And he was like, "What the fuck? He's gonna tell mm-hmm. something's gonna happen." And then Michael Myers, that mm-hmm. shit. Yeah. You know, and it's like, fuck you. Yeah. Fuck well, you. And I think that Blaze had even said that, like, that Sam was like, don't tell anybody. And he was like, I've already sent screenshots to all of y'all. You know? Like, yeah. Because that's what people do. If yes. you think people aren't sending screenshots of your shit, uh, they are. Yes. Uh, for sure. For sure. Well, besides uh, Snapchat, because it shows if you take a screenshot. Yeah, yeah I don't screenshot. But there is a way, because... <laughs> You know, again, love the drama. But uh, there is a way that you can do it, like... Oh, record your screen. Yeah, well, record... Well, that's new. Now it's easy. Damn, I didn't think about that. But before, it was like if you, like, double tap the screen so it's, like, still on it. But, you know, it goes to, like, you can delete all the things. Mm -hmm. And then you take a screenshot because it's... Oh. I mean, that's what the YouTubes, I think, said. I mean... Yeah, but now you just gotta... Now you just got to record your screen and it'll... Yeah, that's genius. Unless you hit record when you don't mean to and then you're like, why do I have like a 25-minute <laughs> thing of random? Like, oh. Number two, the government fucking has their hand in everything and Big Brother's real and you want to borrow my tinfoil hat? <laughs> <laughs> no, girl, you, you yours wouldn't fit me. 
it bust at the seams. <laughs> Be a damn skull cap on me. Also, Big Brother starts. <laughs> <laughs> so if y'all are Big Brother fans, like, hit me up because me too. Carrie used to be. She's the one who, like, well, my sister really got me into it. But anyway, but Carrie got me back into it. This one season, this last season that was the dumbest season on the fucking planet, I didn't watch because it was the worst season ever. And you haven't watched any of the celebrity? No, I ain't got time. I ain't got time, I said. Not a true fan. (laughs) If you're true fans out there, hit me up. Okay. And for number three. Okay. About what we learned, I just want it to be a PSA. Oh, oh, God. No, no, no. She getting on her, look, she got her knee scooter. She's, like, got the ramp up to the soapbox. <laughs> Can't step it up. Got to ramp it up. I just want to say that, fuck Sam. Oh, for sure. I just want to say that Donna and I, I'm going to talk for you two, okay. are huge allies of Look, the- you can call yourself huge if you want to, but girl, <laughs> let Big Mama speak for herself. <laughs> okay. Well, okay. we're huge allies <laughs> of the LGBTQ yeah. IA community. Yeah. And that we want you to know that you are supported and you're loved. And if anyone makes you feel bad for who you are, they are fuck faces and we love you. And there's a new subgroup of the podcast on Facebook that Wanima and Will started, and it's the APC LGBTQIA group. And you just can request to be a member. It, I mean, you whether you're part of that community or you're an ally, you can totally join. And it's a safe space. And so please, if you... If you have questions, they're very open. Mm-hmm. So non non-judgmental yes it's i just want everyone who feels not loved not supported scared depressed all the things or happy and you know you want to be a supportive supporter (laughs) (laughs) anyway join that community if you need it but know that you are loved and that you deserve all the happiness in the world and all the equality in the world. And we are champions of that. And you are loved. Definitely. Like, seriously. I mean, you talked for me. So, (laughs) bye. (laughs) And remember, no. (laughs) But seriously, be you. Not even about, like, strip away every label. Mm -hmm. Like, just be whatever you want to be. I mean, if you want to be a fucking couch potato and eat potato chips, you'd be happy with that. Get get some floss, though, because that potato chip go up in your teeth. <laughs> I'm just telling you. I had it earlier. But you know <laughs> what I mean? Like, it doesn't matter. If, if you want to be a marathoner that... A marathoner. <laughs> I mean, are we talking Netflix? No. I'm there. No, the, the other kind, the people who actually go outside. Oh, oh. <laughs> If you want to be that or you want to be the world's best magician. Uh, oh, girl. If you if you into magic, if you got YouTube videos, hit me up. I love magic videos. I don't even know what made me say magician. <laughs> but that got you so crunk. I, I love magic. <laughs> oh, my God. I love it. Oh, God. That is great. But, yes, like Donna said, if you strip away all the labels, you are who you are. Yeah. And whether it's 
a lover of true crime or, you know, all these things that who gives a fuck what other people think? I mean, because I have to say, that's something that I, you know, we've talked about starting this podcast, you know, doing videos and doing, you know, all these different things and just putting yourself out there and your opinions out there and your life out there, just the scrutiny alone, you know, I mean, like, I remember our, one of our lives where we got our first trolls on there that called us fat. Like, you know what I mean? It was like, oh, yeah. oh God. Like, poor Carrie. Ooh. She was like, oh, and I was like, wait, what? So, you know, just stuff like that. Yeah. Though. It's like, it's so hard. Everyone has their own battles. But yeah, but in the end, really, who gives a fuck? Yeah. And so it's something that I'm working on. And, you know, like RuPaul said, if you can't love yourself, how the fuck you can love anybody else? Yeah. Well, and it's not even like, okay, I completely understand if you have days or weeks, months, years where you're like, God, like, I'm not happy where I am. I'm mm-hmm. not whatever. That's not saying that you don't love yourself. That's yeah. saying that you do love yourself and you know that you deserve better or you know that you shouldn't, you know, like you shouldn't be a Netflix marathoner and you should go outside or so, you know, like mm-hmm. whatever it is. That's you in your way of self-love. And growing as a human being. Yeah. And, well, just like you said, I mean, it's okay. Everybody has days. Everybody has weeks, like you said, months, whatever, where you don't feel your best. Just because you don't feel tip-top and, you know, you may be going through a little bit of depression or whatever, that, that doesn't mean you love yourself. It just fucking means you're human. Yeah. Well, damn, I'm ramped up on this soapbox, too. All in all, look, at the end of the day, you only have yourself. So learn about yourself. Learn what you like. Learn what you don't like. Don't be Julia Roberts on Runaway Bride. But know what kind of eggs you like. I don't, I didn't like that movie. I didn't love it either. But in the movie, she, like when the guy's interviewing her and he's like trying to figure her out, he goes to all these men that she's left and he's like randomly, like the first one, he was like, kind of eggs does she like and he was like oh just like me over easy blah 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 Um, and the next guy he'd be like oh just like me scrambled with blah 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 and the next guy oh fried like me you know whatever yeah and it was like she didn't she had to figure out what type of egg she liked yeah because she'd always just liked what other people told her to like yeah so you had to figure out what kind of egg you like on that note remember creep it real and and don't don't get scared. scared